0: You can be the gut checker or give me the data and I'm kind of a hey show me the data. <laughs> Welcome to Cue the Mic. Episode to Cue the Mic. Episode 13. Yep,
1: 13.
0: 13 i'm trying to liven up emma here this morning she says she's a little she says she's she says she's alive but not awake and you know we we might have talked about emma's now an early riser Mm -hmm. and and going through this whole fitness thing and you know losing weight and not that she really needed to lose weight because she probably only weighed a buck 10 anyway but (laughs) anyway she you know going through this whole fitness thing and improving her health and and all stuff great for her you know but she's not awake yet and I'm like Emma uh, you just went through all this fitness stuff
1: I'm awake it's just I've been up for already five hours and that's a lot right
0: time. yeah yeah no I've been uh, yeah
1: it's just my coffee and I got my coffee late so it hasn't kicked in quite yet
0: <laughs> you got so my we're, coffee late
1: yeah we're getting there
0: well, we need to get you into that you don't need the coffee to come alive. Right?
1: I've been drinking coffee since I was in eighth grade. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Oh, and
0: I love. I mean, I, coffee is my gig now. You know, I'm into really great coffee, making pressed coffee every morning and stuff. But yeah, I
1: used to be a tea guy.
0: I used to be a tea guy. Um, coffee gives me gas, and Sherry <laughs> doesn't like me drinking coffee but she's Irritable. just accepted it because i just i'm just infatuated with coffee
2: coffee I is, just,
0: it's
1: so interesting
0: it it is it's like bourbon you know i go mm-hmm. through my thing like i've got this big bourbon mm-hmm. collection and every bourbon is different and every coffee is different and i am i tell you i'm stuck on this jamaican me crazy coffee and it's like it, and i don't have, and i don't have great taste buds but it's it's like Chocolate and vanilla and Kahlua notes in it, and it's a very smooth coffee. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you ever make your own coffee, Emma, or do you just buy it somewhere? I make it. You do? No, I I'll have to.
1: Yeah. I have a French press, but I don't use it very often.
0: Oh, well, I'll Either. get you some Jamaican me crate. Do you have a grinder?
1: Mm, I have no? a blender.
0: No. No. You need a coffee grinder. So I'll grind you some coffee, but I want you to French press it. Okay. And. Jamaican me crazy, you'll be in love. You'll be begging me, because I have to ma- I mail order it in from Florida.
1: I have a coffee like that, but mine's from Louisiana.
0: Really? What Which, is it?
1: Uh, my aunt gets it, because she lives down there. It's a, oh, God. Community? No, it's something King's, <laughs> but then it's like coffee cake. I'd have to look it up.
0: Huh, but interesting. I
1: can't remember it off the top of my head, but yeah, it's so okay.
0: it's more of a sweet. Good. Well, remind me. I'll get you some Jamaican me crazy. Um, it's it's okay. amazing, and I guess it's available everywhere. But there's just I, I'm just addicted to it. But I really don't need a lot of coffee when I get up out of bed. My mind's my mind's going right. You know, from second one, so I'm hopping mm-hmm. and ready to go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is
0: true. <laughs> How are we gonna change the world? And we'll talk about that later. But yeah. So so last week, lots of fun. Had the Reverend yeah. Randy Twyford.
1: That was an episode,
0: episode, to say the
1: least. It was it was something. Editing yeah. it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, but there for a while I was nervous.
0: Oh, it was just a, it, 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 when we were recording that thing, and, and if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It was just, it was a total shit show. And I got like, done with that thing, and I'm like, what in the hell just happened? And, and if then you but,
1: watch it. That's my face the entire time. Oh, I'm really? like, yeah, I didn't I'm just watch like, it. What's I don't know what's happening.
2: Because Randy but, but was on.
0: I, but when I listened to it, mm-hmm. I listened to it. I um, you know, I was like, boy, this is we were all over the place. But we really weren't.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Once you listen and I didn't know if you were moving the editing around or if we would just nope. But that was all it organic. Was, it, it was pretty smooth, so yeah. Randy, yeah. well, of course, Randy and I have been friends for twenty plus years, so yeah. you know we've got a lot more stories. And I don't know, maybe we have to have Randy on like every third or fourth episode, and just
1: might have to just,
0: just have just a shit show.
1: Just have a shit show, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? Because most really people we were telling we were telling stories in that podcast about mm-hmm. olden times, and you know, one of the things we didn't talk about was the nine. We talked about Shiggin', I think, mm-hmm. right? my memory my memory's horrible. so am has asked to keep me on track, but yep, talk, um, We created the nine twenty two shot. And most people don't know where that came from. And so years ago, when we started in barbecue and well twenty years ago, phil hopkins and and uh, Phil Morrow and those guys, they used to always have an eleven o'clock lucky shot.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so we would have a shot of Jack Daniels, usually gentleman Jack, um at eleven o'clock in the morning to wish everybody good luck to the contest. And when we were young, younger, um, we started doing, the young guys did an 8 o'clock shot to get ready for the 11 o'clock shot, just to kind of prep ourselves. So we did shots at Jack Daniels at 8 o'clock, and then we did shots at 11 o'clock. Well, it got to be where people couldn't get to the 8 o'clock shot, because if you know competition barbecue, 8 o'clock is normally the ideal time that people are putting ribs on their smoker. Okay, so normally it's a a three-and-a-half-hour cook or a four-hour cook. You're going to turn them in at 1230. You want them off at noon, which means I need to put them on at 8 o'clock in the morning. So everybody was always busy and in a rush, and 8 o'clock didn't work. So we were sitting there shooting the shit going, wow, what time? We need to change this shot time. And we come up with 922, and the significance of 922 was nothing. The significance was that nobody's doing shit at 922. Right. Right? You know, so you when you cook, you're cooking eight o'clock and I'm putting my chicken on at eight thirty or I'm wrapping my ribs at nine thirty. And everybody does stuff on the every fifteen minutes or half hour according to your timeline. Mm-hmm. But nobody's doing shit at nine twenty two. So we started the nine twenty two shot. So Randy started out doing this blessing. And it and it's it's funny. You can go out on YouTube and talk mm-hmm. about look at nine twenty two blessing or nine two twenty two shot. And there's videos of Randy doing the 922 blessing, and so he went and got ordained by the Universal Life Church of Modesto, California, right? So he uh, he would do this big thing, and he would start out the blessing by he'd go by the power invested by me in me by the Universal Life Church of, and the whole crowd would go Modesto, California. And then, and he'd say this, the state of Illinois, the city of Jacksonville, whatever. And he, and he'd Mm -hmm. just give this motivational, inspirational speech. And it was just, it was a great part of barbecue history. Still is a great part of barbecue history. But I was at a wedding last weekend Mm -hmm. and the, it was the minister's first time. And he goes, and by the power invested in me by the state of Iowa and the Universal Life Church of it. I'm like, Are you shitting me? <laughs> I almost wanted to scream out Modesto, California, but it was in the middle of the wedding. I didn't do it. But it brought back that great memory.
1: Yeah. Wow. It was really, fun. So he really is quite the trendsetter.
0: Oh, he is. He he is. Uh yeah, we we meshed well together. I told him the other day. So well, I think we're gonna I'm not sure we're gonna have a lot of guests, but maybe Maybe we need to bring him in every once in a while. Maybe. We're going to have to. I told him his internet at home was going to have to get better. He's got crappy internet. And I said, that ain't going to work on this show. you got to have. Yeah. Yeah. I said, go go get some. Figure out. I said, go get some Starlink or something. So he, he reported back to me this morning that Starlink's not available in this area. But he was searching for fiber network at his house. Because <laughs> I think he really enjoyed doing the podcast. I do
1: too. He's going to start his own too.
0: No, uh, no, I don't. No, I, don't I, I don't think we want him to start his own. I well, think we I don't want him ju-
1: to, but he could. I, I think
0: we just. I think we just want him to incorporate him into ours some.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: that would be a lot of fun, and just, just you'll just sit there and it shake was, your head the entire time.
1: It was a lot. Well, it just it started off so, like, it was like a race, like a hundred meter dash, it's like the gun was shot and he just bolted, <laughs> and I, there was no going back.
0: No, no, it was I mean, like, okay, how are we going to introduce Randy? Well, we don't have to, because he's going to over-talk and introduce himself. Did.
1: Well, we were going to, but he just took a, <laughs> took his own liberty. It's like, just kidding, I'll do it.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. funny. So, I'd like to point it, out, the it,
1: reason I was laughing so hard when we started that episode was because Randy was straight up yelling at me. Like... <laughs> hit it, hit record, do it. And it was like, it felt like someone was literally screaming into my ear. And I was just like, I had flashbacks to playing sports. I was like getting yelled at by a coach. I was like, I can't do this. What's happening? It's too early for this.
0: The old drill sergeant.
1: Yeah. It's like, my God.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I I just, I I think we could, we would sit there and talk about the food. You Mm -hmm. know, so one of our things when we do barbecue competitions is, we want to go find the local place for food. No, we don't want mm-hmm. to find the highly advertised place. We're looking for the dive where the locals eat. And yeah. we've we've made it a mission across the country, whether in Madison, Indiana, where whether it's a Shipley Burger, which is a hand pressed flat top burger that the burger comes from the grocery store, and we used mm-hmm. to fancy it up and we're like they had fried bologna, which is a thing in Southern Indiana and in Illinois and Missouri, not really a thing in Iowa for some reason, but. Um, but when they did fried bologna, so I'd get a sandwich, and they didn't have eggs there, but I'd bring my own egg to the bar. And I'd say, hey, can I have a Shipley burger with fried bologna and an egg on top? And they'd crack that egg and put it on top, and it was just the most amazing burger. Or, you know, we've been in California before where, mm-hmm. you know, eating tamales with chili Colorado and queso on it, and just just. All kinds of stuff. We could probably do three episodes just on food. And yeah. Sherry, Sherry thinks I should write a cookbook and talk about the travels of um, the the travels and, and the food and how I've tried to replicate a lot of the food. You know, mm-hmm. like you know when we went to Nashville hot chicken in Nashville and then come back and try and replicate what they did there in order to make our Nashville hot chicken sandwich.
1: Yeah, so, that would actually be really interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how you get it done. I've got a friend, Shane Barron, old Buck Barron, a high school buddy of mine, that he's a he's writing his own book about our high school days. And he, he's been doing it for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, Buck, hopefully. I don't know if Buck listens, but if he does, maybe he'll get it done. But he's just, these guys have vivid memories of high school I I know. I don't I don't have vivid I went to memories of high school.
1: I went to high school six years ago and I don't even have vivid memories of high school. Yeah.
0: I mean these guys we all played on the football team and I mean they mm. remembered every play and every tackle of every game. I'm That's like, insane. Did we go out for football? You know, and that was me. I was <laughs> yeah. more interested in
1: Probably had you know, a head injury. That's
2: why you can't I remember.
0: More, I was more interested in hanging out with the girls afterwards. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's why I was statistician once of the uh, girls' basketball team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I wasn't a wrestler. I was a horrible wrestler. And I didn't like to play basketball, so I didn't have anything to do. So in the wintertime, I became the statistician for the girls' basketball team. Want to know why? So I could ride on the bus with my girlfriend yeah. in the back.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Made a lot of sense, didn't it? All right. What's going on in your life, Emma? Anything?
1: In my life? Yeah. Not much. I'm going to a concert. That's pretty exciting.
0: Which one are you going to?
1: Post Malone.
0: Uh, I've you'd heard that name before. Yeah,
1: You'd know him if you saw him. He's the guy that's covered in tattoos.
0: Well, that's it's, half of America that's Emma. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough.
0: So what's but. he sing? What is he a country guy? Is he a um, rap guy? Is it, like, what is he? He
1: he started as like hip hop rap, and he's more of he's more pop now. But
0: huh, interesting.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: You're, I'm gonna you're gonna have to play a song for me to see yeah. if I recognize any. Is yeah, he has it has a couple he like... songs
1: that you might recognize.
0: Like what? Can you um, sing them to me?
1: No, one we would get copyrighted. So. Not gonna do that. And two, if you're singing uh, it, yeah. No. How Yes, yeah, that's how that goes. And oh. two, um, I will not sing on this podcast ever.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm kind of secretly a Taylor Swift fan, and I never I never really Have followed Taylor Swift at all. But oh my, God. my TikTok she... feed is just full of mine too. Taylor Swift. We she found something in common. Mind we found she's some- a
1: mastermind
0: well i think she's the modern day billy joel elton john
2: okay i mean she enough. is
0: i mean yeah. billy joel and elton john but used everywhere they went they sold out everything and she is it's amazing it's amazing the, like, the showmanship
1: yeah her thing's like so much more than her concerts and her music yeah it's yeah. like it's like a game for her
0: oh i don't know anything else about her oh, i haven't done my sh- research on her um, i'm not she's but,
1: a genius a literal but,
0: genius but I'm telling you, I would pay fifteen hundred bucks to go sit at a concert. I really would, and I, and I wouldn't. Yeah. I I wouldn't pay five cents to go across the street to listen to Post mm-hmm. Malone. That's how much I don't like music. I'm just yeah. not a music guy. But from what I've seen in the entertainment, I would buy. Primo seats.
1: yeah. This airs. One of my friends went to the Aeros tour in Kansas City night one. The best night of the, her concerts thus far because she dropped her version of one of her old albums. And they said that it was an absolute surreal experience. Like, never gonna top that ever in their life.
0: Yeah, that's Which, awesome. Yeah, I love. That. I saw
1: Taylor Swift when I was in fifth grade, and it was even then. It was insane. Really? Yeah. She's that old. Yeah, I mean, is she? Old? She's been doing I, this. Yeah, she's well, she's like in her thirties, her early thirties.
0: So you are okay. saying she was? She she's was been kind doing of a this teenage. since she
1: was. She's been doing this since she was like fifteen.
0: Oh, wow. I did not know yeah. that. I mean, I've heard her name, but I've never paid much attention. But yeah. know, when it shows up in the TikTok feed, um, then, it gets ser- then it gets serious. And then you get addicted to watching.
1: Yeah. kind of like then it's all your feed.
0: Kind of like the other thing that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just addicted to, in my TikTok feed, these breakfast restaurants. And mm-hmm. so these cooks put a camera up above... Their griddle and their stovetop hmm and they're cooking hash browns and they're cooking eggs and omelets and whatever. And there's two guys, I don't know what the name of them is, what their name is, but they'll come up on my feed and they're live. And you go on a Sunday morning, and that's usually when I have a little time to kind of do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday morning, you'll go on there, and I'll sit there and I'll be watching them for two hours. And there's two guys with two separate TikTok feeds. And they're both the line cooks, and they're you can see the one working from the other one. So if you go to one huh. live feed to the other,
2: and these That's guys are making
0: omelets and whatever, and it's just it's crazy. Just I love the mechanics of a kitchen and their efficiencies and and things like that. When he makes a plate, he holds it up to the camera. Okay, here's a corned beef hash omelet with Swiss and whatever, and then they send it out, and and then he'll bring huh. in the dish he'll bring in the dishwasher. This gals a dishwasher, and she comes in, and she's the guest cook. So, okay, we're a little slow right now. So, hey, Jeannie, come in. You're gonna you're gonna be the guest cook here, and she'll cook the omelets, and she'll try and flip eggs, and it'll go all over the place. And it's just it's just fun. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, I love I love watching I love watching people cook, and but I'm not gonna watch TV. So TikToks. I'm an out. Yeah, TikToks. So what else going on?
1: Uh, Not much with me. What's going on with you? What's on your mind, Darren?
0: What's on my mind? Well, this week has been the week of proteins. Mm
2: -hmm. It
0: has been a total, we use the word shit show, Yeah. shit show when it comes to pork and brisket pricing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just like we're we're just uncharted territory a little bit. We always say that and it recovers and something happens, but... You know, they, they passed this thing in California called Proposition 12. Not sure if you're familiar with Proposition 12 or not. I am not. So Proposition 12 is, and I'll use the word liberal, it's a very liberal policy that, that um, doesn't, all the pork consumed in the state of California has to come from farms that give so many, the hogs, so many square feet of space to grow in. Okay, so think about, Think about pastures and stuff, hogs, right? Growing hogs mm-hmm. in a pasture. Well, in 95% of America, mm-hmm. hogs are grown in confinements. Yeah. Okay, so you you have baby pigs and they go into a nursery because I used to work in one when I was a kid. Yeah. They go into a nursery and then they go into feeder pigs. A lot of times feeder pigs are sold off to be fed out to then mm-hmm. go get butchered and that's how we get our pork chops and all that deliciousness yeah. that we cook every day. And so but they when they get to be sows or mamas and have babies, they put them in confinement. So they're very tight cages.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now some argue that the tight cages are the security because it allows it allows the hog to stand up, sit down, but not really, and they could turn around a little bit, but not really but when they're having babies, you don't want them moving around because they're just going to lay down and kill their newborn. Because, you know, here this hog weighs 300 pounds or whatever, and they're going to sit on top of this piglet that weighs a pound, and it's going to kill it. It happens all the time. So so they have confinements, and confinements are very confined spaces, but they're air-conditioned. I mean, they're, they're yeah. nice facilities, but they're confined. Well, the people in California or whoever's driving this change – uh-huh. Didn't like that. And so they wanted to have go back to kind of pasture raised animals, which means each farm could not do as can't grow as many animals. Mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily feeding them all the same way and whatever. So it just takes a lot more space, which of course, if if a farmer has this overhead cost and it can't, you know can't raise, yeah. it can only raise a tenth of the amount of animals. What do you think happens to the price the price goes up yeah right so this whole thing has blown up and they come up with this proposition 12 what when did it affect july 1st and so on july 1st there was in the language of the law and i haven't really read the law but it's affecting us that it had to be in a warehouse on a po whatever by july 1st otherwise it has to meet this new standard well, there's only two pork facilities in America that meet the standard of how these farms feed into this stuff. Okay. So there's only two okay. suppliers that have to supply all the pork to the state of California. Okay. So before this happened, everybody saw this coming in California, right? Uh-huh. So they've taken, so every producer around the country has shipped and filled warehouses prior to July 1st of pork. Yeah. So all the pork butts that everybody was raised went to California, which made pork butts very oh. scarce in the Midwest okay. and the East Coast. Okay. I've got- <coughs> when you make things scarce, what happens? The price mm-hmm. goes up. You know, so where we were paying a dollar thirty for a pork butt, we're now paying two dollars and thirty cents for a pork butt. And people are like, Well, that's a dollar. Well, but mm-hmm. if you do the math in the yeah. restaurant business, we lose 50% of our pork when we cook it. So it's got so much fat in it that 50%, and by the time you take a bone out of a pork butt, 50 percent's our yield on average. <coughs> Could range anywhere from 45 to 55, but 50 percent's a good average. So now that dollar a pound increase isn't a dollar a pound, it's really $2 a pound,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which we serve third-pound sandwiches. So $2, that's 66 cents a sandwich cost cost increase mm-hmm. now normal right. in a restaurant normal food cost let's say even you have great food cost in a barbecue restaurant and you run 33 mm-hmm. percent. that means i need to raise the price of a sandwich a dollar 80 to make up for it or i need to charge it six bucks a pound you have to raise it six bucks a pound. So now instead of fifteen ninety-nine a pound, now we really should be charging twenty-one ninety-nine a pound.
2: Holy
0: oh Right. Yeah. And so yeah. so it's happened to us in pork. In ribs, mm-hmm. we have a national contract. We mm-hmm. buy two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of ribs a year. And so we order them truckloads at a time, our distributor does for us, and we cut a contract and they do it. We go to order ribs, we're down to a four-week supply, and guess what? They don't have any ribs. We Ooh. don't. We can't fill your order. What do you mean you can't fill order? Nope, we can't fill your order. Well, what can you sub it with? Do you have a heavier rack, rack of ribs? Nope, don't have any ribs. So I've had a national, I've had a contract, an annual contract for six years with the same company. And they just shit on me.
1: Yeah. That's not And for not somebody good. that
0: serves thousands of racks of ribs.
1: Yeah.
2: That's a lot. Wake,
0: that's a lot. So yes. now we're in a scurry, working with our meat guys, trying to figure out how do we move that production. How do we figure out that same speck of rib or a better rib, and and find that production out there because we're a big consumer. So if I go to a plant and say, hey, mm-hmm. they want me because we're you know we're a big volume supplier. What do you mm-hmm. think that's going to do to the small guy? Because they're going to tell him, eh, sorry, Smoky D's yeah. just bought. I don't have any ribs for you. You know, so it's right. a it's a it's a top down effect. Yeah, that's so that's all that Proposition Twelve, and, and th- they think it... now that once that all gets consumed,
2: mm-hmm. now
0: all of a sudden they'll start rebuilding inventories, and then the price will level back out. So the question is, do you raise your prices? Do you kind of wait it out? Do you try and not raise them all the way and just go up a little bit, yeah. or it's it's just a pain, you know? But normally. Yeah. Normally, we've been able to um, offset. So, mm-hmm. you know, pork went up, but beef went down. Okay, fine. We're not going to raise the price of pork, and we're not going to reduce the price of beef. We're just right. going to play it out. Well, now we're finding that and brisket points where burnt ends are made are very scarce. In that market, you know, we used to buy those for two sixty-five dollars a pound. You know, right. and we've been buying them lately for three dollars, three fifty a pound, whatever that that quoted price now is five eighty a pound. So now we're up two bucks a pound there. Really, four bucks a pound cost on the finish. So really, if we were doing it right, uh-huh. we'd be raising the price of brisket twelve bucks a pound just to do our normal operations. Now we're not going to do that. Yeah. But that's kind of the stress yeah. that's hitting all in one week. Oh, All yeah. in one week, that this is here. Out. So, so that's you know, this week's just been wild. why
1: would they just, uh, why what makes it like was it just why would they do that? Like, what is there any benefits? Like, or is it just to like not to, to, I'd to say raise a Yeah, to like not have them in the confinements, like and in a you know, more of a pasture. Is it
0: that that was it was friendlier to the animals.
1: Okay, so it was just to, that's kind of it what I was, it, it was an, worried it was you were going to say. Yeah, well, it was. Not necessarily worried, but, but like.
0: But that's, yeah, so it's so yeah. it's kind of, it's based upon, and that's why I kind of use the word liberal. Maybe I shouldn't have, but, but, but it's a friendly to the animal thing, okay?
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: first of all, this is how the world works. And second of all, they're going to a slaughterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. I'm not going to know. Who cares Any if a difference. pig is happy, right? It, it's, a, it's a food stream, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not putting humans in confinements, even though some people would say we are when we send them to jail or whatever. But these are animals that have one sole reason. They're raised not as pets. They're raised for production of meat to feed the world. Yeah. And so we hmm. see it all the time. We see it all the time. We've seen it in the... Coal coal versus electric car versus what, same type stuff, you know, and sometimes it rises at the top in this prop tail, you know, at first you think, oh, this isn't going to be a very big deal because, oh, well, guess what? California's not going to be able to buy pork. They're just going to have to serve chicken, right? Right. Well, and and that'll be, we're like, oh, so there's going to be a lot more pork because they have a lot of people. There's going to be a lot more pork available in the market because most people can't get their pork out there. And which should then drive our pork price down Mm -hmm. because there should be an abundance of pork. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what will happen, but it's very, it's a long process. So you fill up, they're filling up warehouses so that every California frozen warehouse full Mm -hmm. of pork, every warehouse here, very empty because they shipped it all to California. And so, in order for ours to get the price down, we got to get inventories up. So it's just it's one of those things that it's just another curveball they throw at you. Mm -hmm. And the beef, you know, farmers weren't making money. The the big beef companies of the world were very profiting, very very well. Well, but the guy that was raising the beef, he was Mm -hmm. still getting paid the same. So the price of beef may double, but he's still getting paid the same. So somebody's making it in the middle. Well, it finally got to the point that some of these ranchers said, "Screw you." I'm just not yeah. going to raise it. So they took beef out of production. They said, oh, no. Why? Why should I lose money doing this? Or why right. should I break even doing this? So they took all this beef out of production. Well, when you take beef out of production, what's it do? Scarcity drives the price up. Mm-hmm. But like chickens, you know, you can chickens are raised in eight weeks. Okay? That from the time they're hatched till the time they're butchered is normally eight weeks.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that short of a lifespan.
0: It's that short. So when you get the bird flu or whatever, you eradicate it, you start over, you're better again in eight weeks.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Beef are years. You know, yeah. you're talking a year and a yeah. half. Uh, you know, so of the, that that whole it. cycle minimum of a year, depending on the breed and whatever. So when somebody takes it out, you're gonna suffer for a year. That's
1: it. Feels like it would be more than that.
0: Yeah. No, it's not. Huh. So it really anyway, so that's been weighing on my mind. Well, not weighing on my mind. I mean, it's just another I mean, problem. We, we solve yeah. it. And that's, I told the meat guy yesterday, I said, hey, I, I kind of live for this crap. I love for shit to go wrong. You know, <laughs> you know when it goes, yeah. when it goes wrong, it's like, okay, how do we, let's figure out how do we fix it? Right. You know, Let's fix it wrong. and move on and make it a better place.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. That's really
0: interesting. Yeah. And you probably it it's it's quite, yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, you know, when you really study things and what drives right. things in the economy, mm-hmm. it blow blow your mind. You ever want you ever want some really good reading? Go investigate BlackRock. What's BlackRock? BlackRock's a big investment firm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so BlackRock has a ton, I mean, billions of dollars, if not trillions of dollars in investments. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: chances are, and I haven't looked this up yet, but chances are when you invest in our 401k and you say, hey, I want to retire in 2000 whatever year, 2050, let's say. And they Mm -hmm. have a fund that's the 2050 fund. So you just put your money out there and they invest it. So BlackRock manages a lot of that money. So mm-hmm. they take your money and they invest it. And they invest it in companies like Home Depot and Anheuser-Busch mm-hmm. and Coors, Coors Anheuser, you know, just everything you could think of. And mm-hmm. if you look at almost every major corporation in America, mm-hmm. BlackRock owns usually 7 to 8% of those. Hmm. Well, BlackRock decided to come up with this scale of ESG. Okay, We're not going to get political here, but ESG is how do I – I don't even remember what it stands for, but I I guess I I probably – I could Google it right quick and and figure out um, ESG meaning. Environmental, social, and corporate governance, also known as environmental, social, and governance, is an approach to investing that recommends taking environmental issues, social issues, and governance issues into account – when deciding which companies to invest in. So it used to be when you invested in companies,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, it was based upon their financials. How well was the company and, doing? How, what was their profits yeah. and everything? Well, BlackRock has turned the table and said, okay, that's only part of the puzzle now. We want to yeah. see how good you are social. how How good do you... Uh, how are you treating organizations like the LBGQ and whatever? That's all in the news now. How are you doing from conserving electric or saving the saving the earth and, and stuff like that? So they brought that okay. measurement in. So what's really happened is you got companies, you know, and I I don't blame Anheuser Busch for what happened in the marketing. I don't blame any of the people, but I blame BlackRock who owns like seven percent of them mm-hmm. because they're forcing companies to be better at the ESG thing and sometimes yeah. it's not good for the company in with mm-hmm. their customer base yeah. to be good for that. So so they're forcing this issue because they need the money. If I mean mm-hmm. as bush, my biggest investor, they're the ones that give me money so that I can operate, yeah. I have to kind of follow suit. Yeah. And and so it's not the companies; it's BlackRock, and so it's it's huge, and they're they're big into the whole political both part. But what mm-hmm. they do is they play both sides of the fence. So mm-hmm. they're investing in electric vehicles, but they're also investing in the coal plant because you know the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, if one goes up, the other goes down. Yeah. So that, so they play right. that game because you're four K. They just need to show growth. Huh. They don't need to show exponential growth. You don't want to that see 30% cheap. growth. You only yeah. want to see 5% every year. So they play both sides of it, but they're that in essence. Shady. Oh, it's it, so in essence, they're controlling all the yeah, politics is- in the
1: world. Yeah, that's some shady stuff, right? There. It's
0: it's it's crazy. And so that's where that's that's my mind and I, I keep digging deeper and deeper and that's why I'm like, yeah. I don't blame Anheuser Busch for what happened. Yes, I don't either. Did they do something did they do something that alienated a lot of their customers? Yes, it did. But and, and but everybody does that. It's just yeah, I was social just thinking media about if that we, this if morning. We could, if we could just delete all social media, right? I wouldn't have a job. Oh, we'd figure out something we could do. But okay. if we deleted all social media, because that's, yeah. the, to me, that's it is. It's, that's the glory of all evil.
1: It is my it is my job. It was a career choice I made, but yeah. I don't want to be on it most of the time for myself.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. it's, right.
1: it's so toxic. It's and toxic. That whole, like, Bud Light really, they took a really big hit. Like, I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was. Like it's they're permanent. not even in the top. They're not even it's, in the top ten beers anymore. Am I going to wear per- my Bud Light T-shirt this weekend? Heck yeah, I am because I still represent. Because I don't care. It
0: doesn't matter. It's it, it's, uh, it's it's permanent. I think it's permanent.
1: Yeah, yeah they they and, have a I billboard think, I think right you, now on. They have a billboard on um Two thirty-five. That's their beers saying we support military vets, and like they're very America right now.
0: Oh, they're trying to make they're up for it. They're trying so hard, but, the, but the, it didn't happen. And it's tough. Yeah. So what? So what else was on my mind was just yeah. I I, some, I sometimes think about
2: mm-hmm.
0: why do I think the way I do?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Because I am I am fanatical at trying to improve a process.
1: Yeah. You are.
0: I mean, everything. Let me give you an, Let yeah. me give you an example. So I go to breakfast with this 84-year-old guy, Don, okay, mm-hmm. and, and some other guys. And so Don shows, oh, had some action in the neighborhood. He lives up this mm-hmm. residential neighborhood that's has it go up a hill, and there's a sharp curve. And these semis keep pulling mm-hmm. up with, with bundles or things of shingles on it, trying to deliver to an address that's the wrong address.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what happens is they try to make the corner and they can't make the corner and they get off into the ditch and then they have to call the tow truck. They have to call the cops to block any traffic. It's not a very busy road, but they have to call the cops mm-hmm. and they have to call this tow truck. And being in the trucking business, I know the tow truck. If a big tow truck is probably minimum a thousand dollars to even turn the key of this truck. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. these companies are paying two thousand dollars to get these guys out of the ditch because it went the wrong way.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: said, Don, what? I said. Let's fix the problem. Well, how do I fix the problem? And I said, next time that happens, and I said, first, I told him months ago, I said, why don't they put up a sign? So they called the county, and the county put up a sign, no big trucks at the bottom of the hill, but nobody sees Uh it. So I said, next time you go out, go go to that driver and ask for his bill lading. What's a bill lading? I said, it's his shipping documents that he had to pick up, that he signed for this load, that he's going to deliver to this, and once they sign for it, he's going to be able to get paid for that load, for delivering Mm -hmm. that load. So it's a legal document in the trucking business. And I said, go grab his billing and take a picture of it for me. He's like, why? I said, because I'm going to call the shipping. I'm going to call the shipping department and say, hey, you keep trying to send people to this address. So what they're doing is they're Mm -hmm. sending them to an Ankeny address, but it's really a Des Moines address and it's the same address. And it's getting delivered to the Ankeny address because it probably Mm -hmm. says Ankeny in their computer system when really they're trying to go to the Des Moines address. So the drivers put it in the GPS and they just follow, Mm -hmm. and they go the wrong one. And then I'm going to call who they're delivering to and say, "Hey, call your supplier and make sure they're changing this so that they're not because it's just delaying their shipment and whatever." So here I am trying to improve the process of something that I have zero to do with,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but I just it just bugs me that. It's like, why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep, you know, if we do something wrong, if something's wrong all the time, why don't we improve on it? And so Mm -hmm. I was, I spent a lot of time just trying to think because I think a lot. That's all I do is Mm -hmm. think. And especially when I'm driving. Yeah, sorry. And I know, can be scatterbrained about thinking. But it came (laughs) back to, I'm like, I'm going to pull up some of my old quality management stuff. So when I started at Ruon back in 2000, Mm-hmm. Well wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah. No, back in nineteen ninety. That's even longer ago.
1: I was born. So,
0: so, <laughs> so nineteen ninety, I mm-hmm. you know, I, I worked for Ruan and they invested in this program, this total quality management. And it was kind of everybody thought it was a buzzword then, but they had a teacher by the name of Bob Galina that came in from Iowa State and taught us. Deming philosophy of quality management. Now, Edward Deming Mm -hmm. was a a statistical guy, but he was famous for helping rebuild Japan after World War II. Mm -hmm. And you know how Japan's super efficient at everything they Mm do—well, most things they do—and they're known for that. He was part of building that infrastructure. So at Ruon, even though I was just a dispatcher to start. Twice a week, I had to go to quality management classes for an hour
2: mm-hmm. with
0: Dr. Galena. And they taught us about process improvement and measuring and, and all these tips and tricks that meant z- almost zero to me at that point. Almost zero to me at that point. Right. But then I started reading off some of these. And I wrote some of these down. Um, but I read these off and I'm going, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. This sunk in thirty years. Yeah, they got you, and, and they got me. And this is the way I think, and the way I think. So, you know, W. Edwards Deming. If you look up, you can. Dial, but he was famous for saying a couple things, and I wrote a couple things on him. He said, mm-hmm. "You know, if you aren't measuring, you aren't improving." Okay, a- a- and pretty profound. I know that. Hey, it makes sense. And without mm-hmm. data, you're just another person with an opinion. Yeah. So that checks. Right? Right. Right? So you can be the gut checker or give me the data. And I'm kind of a Mm -hmm. hey, show me the data. And and his famous one was that that he had in his book and stuff was in God we trust, all others bring data. All others must bring data. Right? So it was all about data. So, so we learned a lot of things, okay? Mm-hmm. We learned how to measure. And so c- some of his thing that I just quickly, and you know, I'll read off, is like create a constant purpose towards improvement. It has to be an all-in thing. It, it can't just be part of the company. And that's why me as a dispatcher, even the senior executives, we were going through the same training together. So I'm sitting in the training with the president of Ruan mm-hmm. and like the treasurer and and the janitor, Mm -hmm. Right. So everybody was in, everybody was required to go to this training. It was just requirement. You did it and it was homework and it was like going through a college class, but you, you did it at work.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Um, but create a constant, so don't just do the same things better, find better things to do.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Predict and prepare for future. Always have a goal of getting better. So just constant, just culture. Yeah. Adopt, a new philo- ad- adopt a new philosophy, and this one really sticks with me. Put your mm-hmm. customers' needs first rather than react to competitive pressure. Design products and services that meet those needs.
1: Yeah, you, right? you, so preach, that. you I preach that.
0: I preach. I am constantly, quit thinking about us, think about the customer. Mm-hmm. Every move that I'm making isn't really based. And, and I think that's where most restaurant guys go wrong. Mm -hmm. Because they're trying to base it as a financial game. And I know sometimes financials are very tough and we're very blessed that they're not that tough for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all about the customer. And if you can improve Mm -hmm. it for the customer, you will grow your business and sales takes care of a lot of, lot of problems. You increase your sales, you you increase your sales by 20%. You can have a lot of problems and you're never going to be able to see them. And, And we were, we were yeah. for years. We've had that problem, and now we're, you know, got kind of management team in, and we're really trying to become efficient. You know, we've went from 104 employees to 78 or 80 or wherever we're at today, and our business is up, and our business grows I didn't realize, every year. Oh yeah,
1: I didn't we had that many employees at once. Yeah.
0: What? Oh yeah, it was crazy. I, I remember times when we used to have seven people on our front line during the lunch rush. And we didn't have enough people to get our back line open. And now you go up there, and we start with one person. And then sometimes we'll get to two. And it, during the peak time, we'll get to four. Mm-hmm. And then we quickly go back down to three and two and one. And we, and the back line's always open. You know, so mm-hmm. our carryout business is flourishing because we're always able to take carryout orders and stuff. So, yeah, it's just, huh. it's crazy. Um, we
1: used to have seven people on the front line?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's and like, we didn't have enough Oh.
1: That's like a person at every single
0: spot. You're correct. Holy crap. Right, you had you had one person that did nothing but cut ribs. You know what they did if they didn't You know what they did you know, if they didn't if they didn't that. have you know what they did when they didn't have ribs to cut for that order? You know they what they did? They, they stood there. They stood there. there. We had a bun guy. We toast all our buns, butter toast all our buns and garlic bread. We we make our own garlic bread and garlic butter and stuff. We toasted. We had one person that did that. And that's you know what happens when we didn't eat anymore? You know what? But we always had too much garlic bread. We always had too many buns because they didn't have anything else to do. So they just toasted buns, right? And then we had a side dish person. We would used to stack side dishes. We'd oh we're busy. Okay, let's put fifteen beans here.
1: Side dish people? Didn't we used to have two side dish people at a time? Um, No, not really. Maybe it's just because the rib person was standing there and it looked like it was.
0: But now one person handles all three of those stations,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Efficiency.
0: Boomba. Efficiency. Very efficiency. Um, Very efficient. (laughs) Deming, use use a single supplier for any one item. And I'm not talking, I'm not, there's a whole like 14 or 15 points. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about the ones that mean a lot to me, but uh, use a single supplier for any one item because quality relies on consistency. Okay. So you can bounce around and shop around and try and get something that's 10 cents better, but your quality fails.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you get to, I mean, we're a single source supplier. So, yeah. you know, a performance food group has 100% of our food business except for dairy. Cause we have a local dairy that does the dairy part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, And so they do 100%. So I don't, I don't, do I price chop them? Yes. Do I switch suppliers because their price is lower? No. You know, because there's no consistency in doing that. And once you build that trust in your supplier, rather than, you know, a lot of small restaurants that I see, they have three or four different suppliers and they're just checking price. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you're better off to you're really better off to go to your one supplier and say, hey, if I give you all my volume, Mm -hmm. what can I get for a discount? So instead of playing the field overall, yes, you may pay higher on some items, lower on some items, but overall you'll win. You'll win. Mm -hmm. Plus, you got to think about the entire cost to us. So if I have one truck that delivers every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, which we do six days a week, Mm PFG comes in and and by 6 or 6.30, everything's put away, they're gone, they're out of the way. If I bring in multiple suppliers, I'm going to have trucks sitting in my parking lot all day. And I'm going to be tying up employees, putting stuff away all day, where I have one supplier very consistent. And they talk about don't put all your eggs in one basket, but when it comes to that, if you have a good enough relationship, then we'll jump through hoops to make sure that things don't fail.
2: Yeah.
1: Hmm. That makes sense
0: um improve improve consistently and forever you just always always got to prove training on the job training for consistency and we talked about like in our thing you know we've we used to have the same person make our potato salad and beans Mm -hmm. and stuff every single day okay they were very good at it well then they decided they didn't want to be in the restaurant business anymore and want to go you know into another career fine great you know Whatever, mm-hmm. you know, everybody needs to be happy, right? Yeah. And so what we found is then we start training people and then we train person, they do it a little bit differently. And then they train another person and it does it a little differently. You know, yeah. so now we're, and we still got it. One of Emma's to-do list is still getting in and trying to shoot some videos for the one person mm-hmm. that really knows how to make it right every time. Now we're going to go shoot instructional videos on how yeah. to do it right so that we can show a new person, here, here's the video, here's what happens. Mm -hmm. um what else eliminate fear in the workplace so you got to eliminate you got to allow people to do their best but they need to be able to bring up new ideas now you don't you have a system so you don't want people just changing stuff right but you want them to be able to have input to say hey what if we did this better and and I get that every day. I get a lot of people say, "Hey, what if I what if I change this?" And sometimes I'm the guy that tries to find the negative things with it. Of going, if you're telling me, you know, like uh, yesterday, one of our employee, one of our managers, "Hey, can we get walkie talkies with earpieces so that." We could communicate back and forth. So we have a thing that, you know, a manager needed at Register One for a customer credit or we screwed up mm-hmm. something or whatever, or they're needed at carry out, or whatever. It'd be just nice to have an earpiece. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I'm not sure we're that big, but maybe, you know, we need to look at it. But, okay, do you wear it to the bathroom? Wait, are you sitting on the toilet taking a potty break and... And, hey, hey, need on number one. Hey, sorry, doing number two, number two. You know, <laughs> you know. so it's just, it's thinking yeah. through all that thing. And the first thing I shot back was, okay, how do we make sure they don't get stolen? Because everything gets stolen if you leave it unattached. How are they going to be charged so they're not dead every night or right. every day when we get there? You also there? don't want
1: to overcharge them because it will last as wanna- long.
0: Yeah, Emma's 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 exactly right. She's taught me about the iPhone, even though I still don't do it, that you need to let your iPhone or iPod go dead, dead. before you charge it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. At a- least, and-
1: maybe not every time, but you definitely want to put it in a rotation because it'll just kill its battery. If it's plugged it- in all the time, it'll just...
0: Battery it it does. It does yeah. kill the battery, and and I'm famous for, and I'm pretty good at it yeah. because by, by the time I get through the day, mm-hmm. I'm dead anyway. My my batteries, <laughs> yeah. I'm toast. Matter of fact, I'm normally having to about six o'clock try to get about twenty minutes of charge in so I can make mm-hmm. it to nine. Yeah, um, my,
1: um, I don't charge my phone at night. That's a big one, because a lot of people just charge their phone while they go to sleep. Yeah, and that'll that'll kill it because it once it charges. And iPhones specifically, they're trying to do a really good job of like optimizing your charging, but
0: right, I saw that it's not
1: going to solve all problems. Right. So, if you can take anything um, from me in this podcast, it's don't overcharge your phone.
0: Don't overcharge your phone, but but then again, I fight her back and go, "What am I going to have a dead phone in the middle of uh in the middle of the day, or do no. I have to carry now a battery pack with me?
1: No, if you charge it at appropriate time, like right. I charge mine, well, I, well. I do have an office job, so it's a little bit different. So, like, I'll charge mine first thing in the morning. But, like, I could charge mine while I'm at the gym. You can charge it, like, when you're not using it, but just don't let it be for a long period of time. Emma, so, like, at Emma, night, Emma, when you're saying Emma, that you're charging Emma, it Emma, to get to when's,
0: night, when's the last time? When's the last time you saw me not check my phone every five minutes?
1: Well, again, you should learn to disconnect a little bit. Really,
2: but
1: (laughs) I get that it's hard, especially when Duffy McGee over here has, he can hear it ringing all the time, but you you should, like that time period when you're saying from like six to nine, where you're like, I only charge it, you should just charge it, not be on it, see what happens, and then take it off.
0: Just... Two cents yeah, on I'm just, yeah I'm just gonna carry a battery pack around I mean and some and some of my <laughs> some best days and some of my best days are when mm-hmm. my phone goes dead yeah and I don't have a way to charge it i I agree you. i'm all I'm all about disconnecting but I don't mind being bothered either so okay break down barriers between departments and from a from a mm-hmm. standpoint of um uh Smokey D's, we used to be big into departments. If you work in the catering department, don't you dare go help with the pits and work in the meat room. Or don't you – I'm a frontline employee. I don't work in the meat room. Whatever. And, and so we broke down a lot of that, and that took a lot to break down because people – We just we want to be able to, when we flex in catering, we need to be able to flex
2: mm-hmm. with
0: a number of people, or we need to be able to – because we're always flexing somewhere. Right Mm -hmm. there's always somewhere that we're busy, not necessarily in catering today. It's on the line, it's here, whatever. So we need to be able to flex, but that that means people need to be cross trained. So very important. Don't don't build silos. Yeah, I mean, I I I mean, we had this conversation the other day that I think you know we employ close to 80 employees. Mm
2: -hmm. If
0: I had utility players that knew how to do everything, right, Mm -hmm. I'd probably need 40 or 50 utility players and from an employee standpoint Mm -hmm. if let's say there's 50 of you i spend this Mm -hmm. much in payroll today yeah think how much money that i could pay those 50 employees if they knew how to do everything whether it's sliced brisket hey i need sliced brisket i need to do this oh now i'm going to go make social media posts oh i need to go work at the chicken restaurant hey i need to get some mac and cheese i'm going to go to the store i need to do the da 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 yeah. If the more people that know how to do everything, the more valuable are to me and my yeah. organization. Right? I am going to I'm gonna do a lot. Not quite back everything, to, you, you, but you,
2: you, a
1: lot. Yeah, you're
0: you're you're learning. You're learning. You're learning. You're nice. definitely learning. Well, you're, I hope I worked you've, there before. Well, you got the best coach that's kind of coaching you, and I'm not saying me, but you know
1: Are we still uh, not talking about her?
0: Nah, we'll give it up. But I mean Amanda was famous for Really mm-hmm. coming back and, hey, what do we need done today? Need anything before yeah. I leave type thing. And so wasn't scared to do anything. And, and there's a lot of people now around yeah. the organization that are like that, that that didn't used to be that way. So Yeah. Which is it's great. Important. Um, but it has to be a whole transformation. So that's the tough mm-hmm. part, you know, the yeah. measuring stuff. And people talk about measuring. How do I measure? And it's it's really easy. I'll mm-hmm. Just... It, just Put a dot so you can pick anything. Mm -hmm. Let's say one of my biggest pet peeves is leftover baked potatoes. Right? Okay. I walk in in the morning and we sell Mm. this barbecue baked potato.
1: Mm. Well,
0: you can reheat a baked potato for the next day, but chances are half of them aren't very good depending on how long they sat. So, but we would reheat them. And all of a sudden, they get ready to serve one to a customer, they'd open it up, it'd be brown, they'd have to throw it away. And all of a sudden, they're out of baked potatoes. So then they're quick hurrying, and then they overcook and whatever. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. we know how many baked potatoes. If we say, here's how many baked potatoes we have left over a day, we measure it, right? Mm -hmm. And then we can start to see the average, and and I don't want to get too geeky, but it was based upon upper and lower control limits. And so let's say you got a line chart and you just That's start graphing something by day and time, right? Mm-hmm. Just or by quantity on the left side and date and time on the on the right. And you measure it every single day. And we find that today we had three Bataeus. I put a dot on the mark. And then mm-hmm. the next day I've got eight and I put a dot on the mark and whatever. You, pretty soon after 15 points, you've defined a system. And you can actually draw what they call upper and con- lower control limits, which is... Not to be too techy, but three standard deviations above, three standard deviations <laughs> below the mean. Okay?
1: Nerd alert.
0: This is how my mind works. So everything that happens in that system, so I may walk in and there's our average is three, and we may go to seven and we may go down to zero, right? And mm-hmm. everything rolls within this system, and nobody can see me talking, but I'm making this squiggly of a chart. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we have twenty left over. That's when we do the freak out and say, "What happened?" Okay, yeah. but but it, but if our our system is between zero and eight, mm-hmm. oh, had zero, had eight, had zero, had eight, had seven, mm-hmm. had six, no big deal. Had twenty two, we don't freak out when there's eight. Yeah. We only freak up when you go above your upper control limit. And so you can virtually measure anything. And once you measure something, you'll improve it. Now, you also have the system. So if our average is three baked, let's say our average is eight baked potatoes left over, Mm -hmm. we can do things to and find out that, hey, if we're averaging eight with a low of four and a high of 12, Mm -hmm. well, then let's reduce the amount of baked potatoes we cook by four. And I guarantee our average will come down now we don't want to run out but even better mm-hmm. so what we did with baked potatoes i got so frustrated with it i'm like don't reheat these fresh baked potatoes every day right fresh mm-hmm. baked potatoes every day we're always going to have fresh baked potatoes okay and i and i took the left ba- the other baked potatoes and mm-hmm. i cooled them off and i cut them up and i put them in our potato salad where we were cooking potatoes oh And so now we're able to use the product. We have no waste. If we have a bad one, we just throw it away. And we just take the product and we say, hey, we got five pounds of potatoes. I can make this much of a batch of potato salad partially with potatoes that I had to boil and partially I had to bake. And virtually Mm -hmm. there's no difference when they're done. And you mix it full of the mayo stuff. And now all of a sudden we've improved the system. Yeah. So it, it's not just about, it, but you got, but if you don't measure it, you don't know. Yeah. So when people freak out about stuff, I'm like don't freak out, just measure the system. But you gotta, you can't measure just what happened the last two weeks. You have to have fifteen right. data points, whether that's fifteen days, fifteen weeks, fifteen months. And so yeah. when I was in the transportation business, my wall was full of just charts. Yeah. And every week you walk through, you get a data point, you go put it up there, and you you draw the connecting. And then at some point. We had computer systems, and you can do it in Excel too, that would mm-hmm. go through and define your upper and lower control units. So you would create, you'd take the handwritten one, you replace mm-hmm. it with the one that was made on the computer, but you had dates where you started connecting your dots. And our management mm-hmm. would walk in and go, Oh, you're in control. Oh, you're in control. Oh, you're in control. And everything was in control. So it, it, it was just interesting to kind of take that a whole roundabout way, and it may be you know might not be that maybe we can find some stuff to insert into people that are watching the podcast but you can't improve it if you don't measure it you know so just just start just start measuring stuff right
1: i mean i measure a
0: little bit huh
1: i said i'm gonna start doing that more i mean i measure a little bit anyway but like maybe i do need a bigger picture
0: start so you talk about social media start yeah. start talking about I like hey the if, analytics if I it, if so I if I post out. at nine o'clock every day mm-hmm. okay am I getting here's Monday Tuesday how many likes did I get at that time yeah you know how many likes did I get every time I posted at 9 a.m here's 9 a.m Monday yeah. 9 a.m Tuesday 9 a.m Wednesday and you all of a sudden you see yeah. wow. It'll pop out to you. It'll pop out right. to you going, why Why am I posting on this day? But then what you do is then you create another post at a certain, mm-hmm. another time. So 3 o'clock yeah. on Monday may be the ultimate. And people will tell you when to post, but are, do they really? Yeah. Because yeah, we, they can give you, I mean, job, but you know um, our customers.
1: Yeah. And I'm trying out a thing right now because with Facebook Business Suite, which is what we use to post on Facebook and Instagram, um, they have a system where it's like this is um, the optimal time for you to post because, like, this is when your con- or your followers are most active. So this week and this weekend, um, I'm going to post when they tell me to post to see if it actually
2: To see if it actually if they're right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, but, but a lot in the, of the meantime...
1: It says a lot of our consumers or our customers are on at, like, 7 p.m. So I'd really be posting for, like, the next day, which is
0: just... Which is fine. It doesn't have yeah, to be. Yeah, it's an just a info. different mindset than what I'm. Well, playing. I mean, think about seven p.m. I'm going to hit them with the yeah. catering post right at True. seven p.m. Because on Saturday. I'm, what?
1: Well, just maybe.
0: It's at seven o'clock. It's not too late to get those ribs. At True. seven o'clock, people are starting. You know what are right? At seven o'clock, people have been on the lake late drinking. Hey, never to stop. We got plenty of room for that right. boat across well, the Saturday, street.
2: Well,
1: especially s- Saturdays are really the only days. Saturdays and Fridays would be the best days yeah. for us to post at seven for like the order yeah. for right now. Most of them. Though,
0: I I I, I, like I, I keep telling her it's really four thirty a.m. because there's guys like me that get up and sit on the toilet for twenty minutes and read every all the news and everything. Sometimes
1: you have to remember that, like
0: I'm a small you're percentage like this
1: of that this big right in the big picture so (laughs) okay no that's hard so anyway
0: enough about quality management hopefully go look at w edwards Deming. really look at that whole Mm -hmm. thing it makes sense just measure something just start but you can't change a bunch of stuff but measure just measure how many how many brisket sandwiches are sold every day and just at the end of the day just measure that and after 15 you'll see wow this is what I do. So, And it's hard for us. I'm working on a new piece of software with another company, Alex's, oh. um, that will yeah. tell us actually use our last two years' worth of data, and it kind of gives us upper and lower controls. Say, hey, do you want to run out of this product sometimes? Do you kind of want to run out every once in a while, or do you want to never run out? And here's what right. you should prep, how much you should prep of each thing. So we're trying to get that into our system that – it pops it That'd out every day. So we legit. know how many portions of brisket. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my biggest thing when it comes to POS systems is you got all this data. We have every, I can tell every single yeah. order that anybody's ever placed, but I need to be able to consolidate it to make it measurable mm-hmm. so that we can make it better for the customers. And yeah. keep our You know, keep everything fresh and keep everything, you know, we cook this May ribs in the morning and this many in the afternoon. Well, if we have this May mm-hmm. left over in the afternoon, that are staying in the warmer for another three hours, and we need to cook less here or more here, or whatever,
2: because mm-hmm.
0: we don't want to run out, but we don't want them sitting yeah. there all day long either. So, right, lots of lots of stuff to implement. But look up W Edwards Deming, just do a little research on it. Look, uh, figure out how to make mm-hmm. a upper and lower control limit. It, it's it's really easy, and it's mm-hmm. something I think that will help everybody improve their business.
2: That is,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: Okay. Anything else? We've been talking for an hour, Emma.
1: I know we're getting really, good. we're getting kind of good at this.
0: And you know, you're kind of, you kind of made me proud. I don't think you said "yep" or "right" like twice.
1: I I think I said "right," but I did was you? more engaged.
0: We're gonna measure that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not.
1: <laughs> I did notice that. I don't say "um" unless I'm conducting an interview. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't said I don't I think, have all, since I have Lick all Darnell kinds of things episode. where,
0: like Sherry, she she says she doesn't, she goes, I don't finish my sentences ever. Because no, you also I, st- I start words talking. words that are so very I, I, start, I start talking, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm on to my next thought. I couldn't get yeah. that thought out fast enough. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: and I I know I use words that I shouldn't, yeah. I know.
1: You said, that's efficiently, and it should have just been, that's efficient. Just oh. now. In this episode, really, yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Well, can you edit that out? No, no, I corrected you care. anyway. Oh, okay, but sounds good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. until okay. next week,
1: yeah, like, follow, subscribe if you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, leave comments. Um, I yeah. read them, we wanna, and when they're really funny, I send them to Darren, uh, which they're all pretty funny, uh, are pretty good. And then you yeah, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, threads. If you're on that app, Darren's Threads, a big Threads, Threads. guy. I'm not,
0: I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm up to 74 it's just, followers.
1: It's just kind of surprising because he just got a Twitter. I've seen him use it maybe two or three times, but Threads.
0: Oh, he posts Emma, all the time. Emma, Emma, Emma back behind. It is the best
1: platform I've seen
0: I'm on Twitter a lot because my whole yeah. crypto and I'm am I'm big ba- maybe oh, yeah. someday we'll talk someday we'll talk about crypto I but
2: hope that.
0: I'm big into crypto and I do a lot of research mm-hmm. on crypto and and that's um, a, tw- 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 that a Twitter thing but what what's amazed me about threads I was just thinking this this morning what's amazed me about threads is there's nothing political on threads yeah and so Twitter's full of political bullshit. If you, uh, I mean, you can get it off your feed, it, but uh, yep. but Threads, I have yet to see anything political, and it's kind of like and Instagram. It's, yeah, I, so I, I
1: like Threads because because it's such a new platform, and it's like a spinoff on a platform that has been taken over by politics and all of the gossip and things. It's like a hey, we're just here to be like what twitter originally was which is just say stupid stuff and just yeah, like like literally my first post, post what's on your mind like yeah. my first post so hey anybody dumb. out here yeah
0: <laughs> but but it got more it got more it, likes than any post i've made
1: yeah so and i just like it's a very user-friendly platform i was really surprised and i was very anti-threads at the start because i was like there's fact, no way this isn't gonna last very long and then Darren texted me and said, Did you get our threads update? Or did you get our threads yet? And I was like, What is happening? No, but I will. So, then, so it just made no, me think I of something. It.
0: We're going to do a little yeah. test. Okay. let I'm Let's hear it. putting on, th- uh, on threads right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm doing my famous It's All Fun and Games until Somebody Gets Pregnant.
1: <laughs> you say that often?
0: I say that all the time. Post. <laughs> We're gonna, we're, <laughs> we're gonna check back. We're gonna we're gonna check back next week and yeah and uh, yeah. And I do see, really like see how that performed.
1: It hasn't been overtaken yet. Yeah. I give it probably I don't, six I don't months, but much. for now it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Except you've posted more threads than I have on all of our platforms combined.
0: And I probably Just... get more followers too, don't you?
1: No. Smoky D's has already almost three hundred.
0: <laughs> oh well, I'll start posting more.
1: Yeah, Smokey D's came out of the... We just came out running, I guess.
0: Good. Good thing I told you to get up and running. You're like, what? Fun
1: fact. Threads already had... We already had accounts. Because the way Threads was set up. Because
0: Instagram gave it to you.
1: Yeah. No, because they they automatically... Which is is why their numbers, I think, are a little bizarre. And I'm not 100% sure they're accurate. Because you log... I didn't even have to set anything up. I just, like, it clicked log in. And it pulled all of our accounts, so like it already had us in the system. So really, it just took all of Instagram's users, which is why when they're like, we had this many users in the first day, it just means that many people, like, opened the app. It doesn't even you might not even have wanted to become a user. You just wanted to see what was going on. That's right. People do that with like Twitter and stuff, and you right. couldn't. So they're I was, really just, I was you.
0: just trying to. I was just trying to find in my threads. Opinion. I was trying to find our threads where I brought it up to you and you are like, you were shocked text, that I knew, I, I knew what it I was. I
1: have it because I was like, what the heck? I was surprised.
0: And you are like, um, well, I was going to talk to you about this.
1: I was because I, I was, yeah, I get a text. that's like, did you lock up our names on the threads app? And I was like, I was going to talk to you about that, but I can't. And then he <laughs> said, my friend said 30 million people signed up yesterday. And I was like, okay. I mean, I think it's not good. I'm surprised it's, I don't know how long it's going to last because Twitter's going to be coming at it hot, but sure. Got them logged in.
0: Got them logged in. already had accounts. Woo-hoo! Okay. Go check us out but on threads. Go to yeah. a BBQ and or Cue the Mic a, cue and SmokeyDees
1: and all that. And <laughs> five I'm not yeah. going to plug mine. Mine's private. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah.
0: I'll tell it to you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll sorry. post it on my threads. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It's let's on. go. I gotta go. Yeah. We're off to Oshkosh, Wisconsin to a barbecue oh, yeah. contest. Right on. after Hopefully I go back bring and the uh, win. meet got a load of wood, uh load of wood coming in from my dad hot from southeast Iowa today. So I'm gonna nice. go meet him right quick and then we're off to Wisconsin.
1: All right. Well, that is it for episode thirteen of cue the mic. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Okay. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.